This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. For all, NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Matt. Um, a late edition episode tonight because Justin had a hot date again, so we could not record immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> After crazy. Game, I'm sorry that Justin's dating life affects our recording schedule, guys, but he's a young man and I can't tell him otherwise. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> My coworkers can vouch. We all went out together. <laughs> We're bowling as a team. I won. You won? You know. I won both games. You're like the annoying person who's like, because you're an athlete, you're just like always good at shit and like outplay <laughs> everybody, right? Wow, wow, wow. Because you're always no, like... Post- what? I'm saying you're always posting your basketball clips. It's like, did you win? Yeah. Or did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was the best under this. And then now you, you're talking about bowling and like you win bowling. So like, what the hell aren't you good at, yo? I've yet to find out. It's like, no, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> no, we, were playing, no, no. we were playing card games and I was getting destroyed in those. So, yeah, mm. I guess I'm not that good at those that stuff. I don't want my black card revoked. So I ain't going to tell you that. I don't know how to play most of them games. Um, I ain't going to tell you which ones. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to put you under the bus. I'm not going to ask. Um. Well, yeah, no, but like, so you were out. So what was your like? How closely could you watch the game? I know you and I were texting about it, but mm-hmm. what I want to know what you were like because I know what I, I what I was like, and I'll get into that in a minute. But you were out, so were you having to conduct your behavior? Were you reacting? Were your people looking at you like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, what was happening? For sure. I mean, I was at a bar for the like the first half, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Yo, can I put this game on?" Um, and then all my coworkers and like we're playing Uno and stuff like that, and like. Everybody else is paying attention to the game. I'm like, yo, can y'all move real quick? Like, I'm watching the game, and I'm screaming and all this type of stuff. So, yeah. And then the second half, we had finally got to the bowling alley, and I'm screaming, oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And everybody's like, what the fuck is going on with him? Or what's, what's my, what the is going on with him? <laughs> it's Justin. You can't even get me. It's Justin. <laughs> Look, that was, a little, that was a little quick one. I, I didn't really... Sorry, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so 
I'm really demonstrative when I'm watching the game, no matter where I am. So um, I have to watch a game with you. It has to happen. I got to watch a game with you because I can't imagine you ever being demonstrative. Oh, it it gets bad. Hmm. It gets bad. Yeah. I need to, I need to, I need to be a part of this experience. I will let y'all know when that's going to happen. What? You know what? We should do a live watch. We should do a live watch. We should. On YouTube. And ask ask the people to join us because I need to see demonstrative Justin. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask this question because, I mean, you've played and I'm sure you've been in scenarios before where you're down and it's late game or you're up and it's close and either team can win. Like, do you start to get a little nervous? Like, do you keep your composure? So you individually, but then how does that impact you when you watch games? Because I'll be stressed out. Like, they'd be taking years off my life. Mm-hmm. I think watching the game is way more stressful than if you're in it. Like, if you're in it, you understand, like, you're playing against the clock. So I don't think there's a lot of nerves there. It's just, like, we got to make some shake. Like, you know, this is how I feel personally. It's like, all right. We got this amount of chances. We got to make something happen. And if it doesn't happen in the amount of time that we got, then we gave it our best shot. But as a fan, you're like, you know, like the moment the shot goes up, you're praying it goes in, like you're biting your nails and you're hoping they can get a stop. And you're hoping whenever the other team shoots, it just doesn't miraculously go in. And do you feel like that when you're watching all those emotions, you go through them the way the rest of us do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the, the the luck that the Warriors have had this season with other teams shooting. I knew it was at home, so the luck wasn't, you know, they usually run out of luck on the road, but Drew was hitting some crazy shots and Joe Ingles couldn't miss from three. So I was just like, ah, like I hope they can pull it out. I, I thought, to be honest, two minutes left, like I, the way I view games, it's like however many possessions you need to get back into the lead in comparison to how many minutes you have left. So it was eight point deficit, which means three possession game, two minutes left. You have less minutes than possessions. I was like, oh, it's kind of over. But then, yeah, I was gonna ask, did you think they were going to come back because they were down like around seven or eight, and it was like around two minutes left? And I, I just because of the way the season has gone, I imagine a lot of Dub Nation was like, Mm -hmm. man, we about to lose this again, we blew it again, we about to blow this game again. What were you feeling and thinking? I was definitely thinking that, yeah. And Steph was like, nah, I got y'all. Steph and Clay, because we got to give Clay his his flowers too. Defense, he took over in the, in the beginning of OT as well. Um, but yeah, eight eight point deficit with two minutes. I'm like, man, it can happen, but I just can't see it. And then it just did. So I mean, we know if it can happen, it can happen with those two. And right. I, like Clay hit like a really big shot before Steph kind of went on his like heater heater. Um, mm-hmm. So for sure. And yeah, he was solid. And like, I mean, I saw some people trying to say like Middleton just tripped. Nah, nah, he didn't just trip. That was that right. was great defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was pacing back and forth between my room and the living room. I was doing <laughs> having some conversations with uh, Jehovah. Um, yeah, I was doing all those things because <laughs> I was like, "Yo, son, we got a lot going on. We got a lot going on, and right. you know, we've been having some kind of outcomes. 
that have been going for the other the other guys. I think we sort of deserve this one tonight, just by right. my estimation, you know, Holy Father. You know what I'm saying? So, I it's about time. Guys. It's about time another team blows a, a lead late against the Warriors rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Drew thought he had it with that three, and like he should have felt like that. But I ain't like the 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 facial expressions and all that. I was just like. Mm-hmm. No, y'all not gonna let Drew Holiday beat y'all in this building like that. I know, right? right? Oh, I know. I, I wasn't feeling it. And I don't like dislike Drew at all, but I was not feeling that. The look and the oh, you think you're the Yeah, you're you not like that, you're Drew. The man. You're not like that, son. You're not like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny how Steph Steph drew Drew Holiday too with that block. That's some that's a play Drew usually makes. So that was that was cool to see too. But Locked I ain't really like that. <laughs> he dead. Oh man, let me tell you, I was on my petty last night because I had somebody um arguing with me the other day. Sorry, I had someone arguing with me the other day about um his defense, and you know, it's like, come on, it's two thousand about Steph's defense. Yeah, talking about oh, he don't play no D, you know. So I already know what kind of watcher you are when you say that. But it was actually right. someone saying that because. It was someone, so let me tell you, it was, I, I've been getting my takes off on um, Holly and Smith. I'm Holly, brother from another. That's the the app for the account, Holly and Smith, because those are their last names. So I've been getting my MVP takes off and a lot of stuff. So people are like responding in the comments and stuff like that. And so someone was like actually supporting my Jokic take. Um, whatever they were saying they were like man there's all these other guys I would take and they listed a bunch of players but they were like maybe even Steph I'm like maybe even Steph because it was like dudes in there who like Steph was clearly better than so I was confused I was like maybe even Steph right and so I, I replied you know from the account and they were like this not influential. Y'all not had to go with the account. Who don't know that I don't run that account? Like, this is not a secret. So <laughs> I was like, indeed. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so then he's like, man, you know, he don't play no defense. I said, what? So I really didn't even understand the conversation. But, but thank you to our guy, Jay Squared. I just replied back to that guy with the photo of the of the mm, of the block. the block so yeah then there was somebody the other day telling me talking nonsense about Steph not being clutch and I said before Steph got injured he was leading fourth quarters in um scoring and he mm. was like well that doesn't always translate to being clutch okay okay first of all normally we literally true. just watched June we June happened I said, well, it may not always translate, but it usually does. And in Steph's case, it does. And I said, but we know he's clutch. Like, what? Like I was so perplexed. So then I replied to that person. I was like, hmm, looked pretty clutch to me tonight. And he's like, oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, he's always clutch. Like, I don't know, you know. And then, like, someone was 
I said, I said, you you guys understand it was another dame conversation. And I'm like, you guys understand that bu- buzzer beaters are not the only definition of clutch, right? And you can be clutch right. and sometimes still not <laughs> win the game. And I don't think people understand that. Clutch is about what you do in the closing minutes, essentially, of a close game, right? And someone's mm-hmm. going to eventually win, but you could have two clutch players in a game and one wins and one lose. They still can both be clutch. So it was just like this notion that like, Dame is somehow more clutch is so ridiculous to me. We're not, I'm not trying to have a Dame conversation today, but that was that one. So that was pretty fun. And it was, it was interesting because there were some Toronto Raptors fans and they're actually defending Steph. And they were just like, it's inherently clutch to not even have to be playing in fourth quarters because you know how to put away teams early. And the guy's like, you're not going to change the definition of clutch. dude." I mean, it was some goofy conversation. So I was just in my petty last Ugh. night. So I was going around <laughs> and I was um, pulling receipts. I was like, just, you know, I was all, you know, and then I was just like, you know, we, we weren't, we didn't record last night, which typically historically when the Warriors win, then I go terrorizing the TL, but you and I hop on to record a pod. So I don't get to do that as much this year. So I was reliving, you know, some of the old Natalie. So yeah, I was, I was, I was in my bag <laughs> last night, to be honest, Justin, I was in my Twitter bag. Hey, let's keep it going. Let's, you know, get a get another win against Phoenix. Then it's going to be even more because they fans are just they're the most insufferable fans in the league. Uh, I believe them and the Grizzlies fans, they up there. So yeah. they can be Phoenix. That'll be amazing because we can just stay in the petty, petty era. They are. They are. Um, I mean, there was just so much glorious about last night. I don't care that Giannis wasn't playing. Um, the Bucks are still a very good team, even without Giannis. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors were down two key guys, three key guys. <laughs> so, uh, even, right. yes, Steph and Clay played. But, like, to me, I'm not saying that it balances out missing a guy like Giannis, but, like, the Warriors were pretty depleted, too. I mean, we had no front court. <laughs> thank, thank goodness for Jermichael Green, and we'll shout him out, you know, shortly. Mm-hmm. But just um, and and others who stepped up, but we we were very thin, you know. So um, I don't care no what anyone says. People trying to minimize it, talking about oh, Warriors fans excited because they beat the Bucks without Giannis. All you other teams celebrate when you beat us without our players. All you other teams celebrate when you win. You know, it was still a very good win. And, like, no one should be saying that it's not or it doesn't matter because because people have this thing where they think because one guy, main guy, is missing. It's sort of like when you think about the 2016 finals. And everyone just assumes because Kyrie would have played. Yes, the series would have looked different. All those games would have still been close. Um, it may have still been a six-game series. I still think the Warriors were the better team. But everyone just assumes, like, oh, it would have been seven or the Cavs would have won because of that mm. and don't account for, like, all the other things that happened in the game. Like, they became a better defensive team without Kyrie right. and Love on the court. So it's it's not the way people think, like, oh, Giannis was there, then, like, they, then y'all would have got blown out. Not necessarily. That's not how it works. So there's different adjustments, mm. then different things happen. So you really can't say that. Obviously, the Bucks are a better team with Giannis on the court we know that no one is trying to deny that but that was still a good win against a very solid team that does know how to win without their star player so um no one should be looking at it or minimizing it that was a great win shout out to the Warriors for for doing that last night especially after being down um late 
and going to overtime. We know their overtime record. And I was so thankful because I was like, if I have to see Anthony Slater tweet that damn overtime stat again, I'm going to lose my mind, which he actually did right before they went to overtime. But there was no no tweeting on after <laughs> the game because they won the game. No, no, but um, it's like, and then coming off of losing three games on the road, it was a really, really important win. And and as he always does, when he knows the team is just really needing something, he puts them on his back and 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 takes them with him. And so, shout out to 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 Wardell, Stephen Curry for that. Um, and with that, I think we need to kind of get into some of the individual performances from last night because there were so many that were tremendous but just to, to cap off what we're talking about great win um great for like chase getting that kind of game playoff atmosphere just just a good win um and shout out to the squad for doing that under so much adversity still yeah yeah like you said Steph put a team on his back this team has no wings playing right now like at this point Andre's a four you know, Clay's Clay's is weird because offensively he's a he's a true shooting guard. He's a two. Um, and then defensively they try to play him up, but that's not really his strong suit. Um, so they're they're without all their wings. They have no Wiggins, no Kaminga, no Gary. And as much as we don't like to mention them, they have who shall not be named. They don't have who shall not be named until probably tomorrow when unfortunately they will convert him to a full contract and that is, is that that's all your your wing players guessing that's what i'm that's what i'm guessing um especially with uh, andrew i think tomorrow is like the deadline for it's like some type of deadline where um they just avoid spending extra money if they wait until tomorrow to convert him i got to look into it exactly but march 13th just rings in my mind as a date where like they'll convert someone or they'll just sign someone um okay, so it's like i have to have more conversations with jehovah then um but you know <laughs> move, move, moving on from that so why don't yeah. we get into why don't we get into some of the individual performances from last night because there were so many tremendous great ones When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Starting with the star, Wardell. I mean, Steph was just tremendous. And it's incredible. It's sort of reminiscent of 
when he came back versus the Portland Trailblazers and said, I'm back because he didn't like, he didn't really have the greatest game for most of the game. You know, like mm-hmm. he wasn't shooting the ball that well. He was like, I mean, he was trying to get to the, to the rim. He was getting some shots. I actually thought the Bucks did a really good job defensively. Like we know that, um, Brooke is a really great um, rim protector, but like I just think in general, like even though a lot of Steph shots were open, I did feel like they were a little rushed, and I I thought that they were just doing a good job, right? Like um, team defense wise, right? And so um, he wasn't shooting the ball that well, but I I want to credit the Bucks. I think they had a little something to do with that, right? Um, initially, yeah. and so uh, <clears throat> Clay was actually like pretty hot the whole night, but he got into some early foul trouble, right? So like his rotation was a little off. So, um, but Steph was not having like a great spectacular night. Obviously he was still adding because when he's on the court, it helps, but he himself, the scoring output wasn't there. He just, you know, he was missing like, you know, bunnies at the rim that he normally makes. He just wasn't having a typical Steph performance. And then First of all, I almost lost my shit when Kerr like took him out. Like, listen, this is this is the nonsense I'm talking about. They were down six, I think, and he takes them out. It was like, yeah, it was like five minutes left or something. <laughs> I don't know. What, I mean, I guess that was for a quick breather because he came right back in. But it was just, yeah, so it just seemed like here's the game. It just seemed like here you go, Mike Budenholzer. I'm giving you the game. Thankfully, Steph was like, nah. It. it was it was it was so ridiculous, and I wish I was someone who was rich because sometimes I want to throw something at my TV, but I don't want to break it because I can't just be affording to break shit and buy it again because I so be wanting to throw shit at my TV. Like the man irks me. So you know, Steph comes back, and like it wasn't just at that point, but he just went crazy in the fourth. He had before the game almost ended. What was it? It was like sixteen points. On not great, not great shooting. It was pretty inefficient. He ended up with 36 points. So between the fourth and overtime, in a very short window, in a very short window of time, actually, right? He scored 20 points between um, the period in the fourth and also um, overtime. overtime. And and uh, ended up shooting like he was just under 50% from the field, shot 40% from I mean, he's just so incredible. And it was just one of those games where, like, he was not going to let the team look, lose. I mean, he took basically every shot, you know? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, you he's shown time and time again that he's capable of doing stuff like this, and it never ceases to amaze people because it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's like, how how are you doing this, like? Dude has a counter for every single thing that you can possibly throw at him at this point in his career. And it's, it shows up in moments like this where Brooke is like blocking everything at the rim, but mm-hmm. he's like, all right, I'm, I've, I've figured you out. Like he had five blocks and then he just like started floating them real quick floaters before Brooke can even react. Um, Drew Holiday is chasing him over the top of each screen while Brooke is waiting for him at the rim. That's not, there's not many more defensive tandems that's more potent than Drew over top of you and Brooke waiting for you at the rim. And Steph's mm-hmm. just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I'm going to weave my th- way through the defense and lay it up when I want to. 
I'm going to just pull up from 30 feet with my body, not even facing the rim, and still hit it. <laughs> it's just like, come on, bro. Like, it's crazy stuff. And then, I mean, Clay, like I said, put Drew in the basket twice to start the game, post-ups. And that's part of what makes Clay Thompson so valuable, aside from his catch-and-shoot ability, is he's 6'7", he's still big, he's still tall, and he can just shoot over guys no matter how good you are as a point-of-attack defender. If you're too small, you're too small. So, yeah, Steph is just yeah, a monster. Clay was crucial last night. And, of course, we got to talk about White Dante because I had tweeted early in the game. I was like, Dante – He's gonna. I'm expecting a big game from him against his former team, and he did not disappoint. What did he have? Twenty. Yeah, he had a big game. He had a big game against them when we played them in uh, in Milwaukee too. He just yeah. lost that game, but um, like six yeah. I knew he was coming through, and I just love Dante. Like, I mean, I think he's really become a fan favorite, and I don't see how possible they can keep him. And I don't want to even look too far ahead. But I hope that he wants to stay enough and that the vets can impress upon them enough to figure out a way to keep him um, and 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 work something out because he really is so tremendous to this team. It looks like they figured out something with that lineup with him in it. Um, the starting lineup that they used last night, they were, I think, a plus 23 for the night. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, We'll get to what that means or says about pool. We'll, we'll we'll get into all of that. But I'm just saying, I mean, he's just tremendous. I don't like all these like pool Jordan, like pool Dante comparisons that are starting. First it was GP2. Now it's uh it's just ridiculous. But we'll mm-hmm. get there to the nonsense. Um, but he is just he's just the right kind of player for this team. He just fits. I mean, I think my actual favorite part of last night was when Clay got the steal. Um, um, when, 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 um, Middleton tripped, fell, whatever, Clay got the steal and then he threw it up to, 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 to Steph and Steph and Dante were running the break. And I just love that he ran with Steph and he made sure he was there in a position that if Steph would have missed that layup, he would have been able to like put it back in. I just was like, oh my God, I love him. (laughs) But I also love that Steph made that because Drew was right on his heels. Drew was right. Right. And Steph really would have just passed it to Dante because Drew would have like passed them and Dante probably would have had an easier, cleaner look. But Steph is just like, no, I'm just this great. So I'm going to make it with Drew right there on me. You know, it is the whole thing. Like when you really think about what transpired, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. But like, I was just so happy with Dante running the break with him. Yeah. He's like Andre, like what Andre was, but in a different way, you know, much more of a shooter. Whereas Andre was just like finishing a lot around the rim. Um, but he fills the stat sheet. He crashed the glass so hard, especially for somebody his size. Um, ten rebounds, like <laughs> ten. He was rebounds, in the middle six... of everything last night. Even the ones he didn't get, yes. he almost had a chance to get. He was just like, you know, yeah. it was crazy. That's and that's what he got to do. I think he he's just a master of his role because he understands his role so well. Um, and he just plays fearless. Like he just goes out there. He's he's not afraid to be in the middle of everything, even when he's the smallest guy out there. Um, and that leads to filling up the stat sheet: twenty points, ten rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. Like that should that should not be a stat a normal stat line for somebody his size. Um, but he makes it happen because he just goes out there and just just does all the dirty work. 
And that's just. You know, and he actually fits better on this team than he did with the Bucks or any of the other teams that he's been on. You know, that's why it would be so. You know, and and I hope he considers that because while I know there are going to be lots of teams wanting to offer him money, like they're not going to all be able to offer him the same role where he can, you know, thrive like this. And I hope, I hope that helps mm-hmm. them to be able to get somewhere. But I mean, he was just so great, and I love his personality. And I think it's really good that he has a relationship with Jordan. I'm hoping that that helps, you know, on some level in some way. Cause I just feel like Jordan is probably going through a lot this season. So, um, and now with Wiggins being gone, you know, we know that was like Jordan's guy. So I'm, I'm glad it sort of seems like he probably has someone else who's like, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat close. Yeah, to him. yeah. And I mean, Gary has just brought all the vibes back, right? Like him and Steph were just, when Steph was still out, they were just having a ball on the bench, you know? And I, I think I tweeted mm-hmm. at one point, I don't think I ever saw Gary this happy on the bench in Portland. Not once, ever. No. Nah. No. Nah. He he definitely did not want to be gone. Um, and, yeah, Dante bringing the vibes, Gary bringing the vibes. I can't wait to see them both playing together just to see all the plays because they're just the kings of the little plays. Um, so the little plays that turn into big plays. So just seeing those two in the court together could potentially be devastating for second units in the in the playoffs so we just got to hope that everybody's there and healthy and andrew's back and in the right place in a good place when he's back so he can you know do what he does which sends dante and gary to the bench and let them do what they do for sure because dante is a menace out there um gotta give a shout out to jermichael green because he had like a really big game um what is Mm -hmm. it what do you think it is do you think it's lack of consistent minutes? Why? I don't expect him to hit as many threes as he did last game. Um, and I really <laughs> did not like that he gave up that that shot at the end to, who was it? What to quarter Bobby was it? To Portis, yes. That, sh- that irked me. But that aside, I just, he was, he was, he had meaningful impact last night and it wasn't just because of the scoring. And I guess, what is it do you think that prevents him from being, I get role players or role players for a reason, but I just feel like it's like such a stark contrast between like his highs and his lows. Like, why can't we just get something a little bit like more in the middle? Um, I think it ultimately boils down to hidden shots, to be honest. I don't think he does all the other things well enough to make up the gap when he's not hitting shots. Um, He was four for six from three. I mean, plus minus, you take plus minus with a grain of salt, but he was minus 14 in his minutes, largely because of plays like when he gave up the one against Bobby Portis. And it's just like, you would like, if he was a little bit farther ahead mentally with their defensive coverages, I think his impact would be a lot higher because he is hitting shots now. He's at 38% on the year. And I think since he came back from that, like, staff infection, he's at, like, almost 50% from three, Um, something crazy. So, I mean, I like what I saw from him. Just continue to hit shots, rebound, crash the glass, play with energy, because they're just going to need bodies in the front court that can just not bleed the lead too much. Um, So, And I get the impression, though, like – because we know even though really on this team that the rotation should only be – nine when you include gp2 being back right so at 10 ish counting andre right but okay 
But we just know Kerr I, is not, huh? And I was gonna say I was gonna say out of necessity, Andre, because they don't got a lot of bigs. But yeah, nine ish, nine and a half. Right. But I just feel like Kerr will at some point go deeper, right? And so who is he gonna go deeper to? Is he gonna go to someone like a Jamichael or is he going to go to the person who shall not be named in the postseason? Oh, I think he's going to go to the person who should not be named. In the postseason? I think so. Just because he loves that guy. <laughs> he loves that guy. And, I mean, just from a just from a statistical standpoint, that, that guy is a much better combo with Kaminga and Draymond and all those other guys from a net rating and just, like, winning the minutes standpoint. Um, and there isn't a tremendous drop-off in shooting stuff like that and he's more of a switchable player and stuff like that he just does more of the things that the Warriors. i don't want him playing with us i'm gonna have a serious conversation tonight i don't even want to talk about it anymore because i'm telling you I, he brings the bad juju i'm telling you it's him he's one yeah, part I mean, of hopefully it. it's hopefully it's andre like hopefully it's just like the big rotation in the postseason is draymond looney kaminga and andre um and then you let wiggins play four a little bit and just kind of see where you go from there. But yeah, I, I can't see JMG getting the minutes over the other guy. So let me ask this question. Actually, why don't we stop there, you know, with this conversation? Cause I do actually, I want to get into a little wigs and I want to get into a little Jordan pool. So, um, I think we finished giving out the flowers to all the players who deserve flowers from last night, right? Dre Did we miss anyone? Dre. Who? Draymond and Looney deserved their flowers defensively. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I said it, I was like, wait. Because I was, I was, I'm gonna just go on the record and say I was bad mouthing Loon a little bit last night. Not on Twitter. I would never do that. But in text to Justin, because he was pissing me off. <laughs> 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 I just sometimes there are things that he should just be able to do that he can't, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> like, what does this do? <laughs> You're a big body, why can't you do this? Right? <laughs> but he just does so many other great things. Like, normally we can overlook it, but it was just like we needed to win this so bad, touches were so high. So I let the moment get, get the best of me. So I'm like, oh, Justin, why are you? And I'm like texting Justin in fury, <laughs> right? And um, and then I look, and then I'm just like, then he had like that dunk, and then I I look, and I'm like, yo, he really did a lot tonight. Okay, he didn't deserve my slander, which is why I'm happy that I did not put it on the timeline, but only in the text message to to my counterpart here. So um, shout out to Loon who was tremendous last night and shout out to Dre for like coming back and playing in the game. His ankle probably feels like shit today. Um, Kerr was saying he's worried about how his ankle's going to feel. It was funny because apparently like the training staff was like, Dre is questionable to return, but Dre told them I'm probable to return. So that's how they reported it on ABC. So that was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but all just aside, I mean, like, the finger the other day, now this. I mean, Dre is really banged up. And if they could get him like a day or two of rest extra, 
I feel like that would be huge. And I mean, I feel like if they still had Andrew and they had Kaminga, they might be able to look at a game on the schedule and do that. But right now with so many people missing, it's like they can't, you know? So I like when Kerr was saying he was worried, I was like, in a game at home, do we think they could beat the Suns if Kaminga was back? And like somebody was in my mentions, like Kaminga's in a boot. No, he's not. That's not true. <laughs> I was he's like, I was like, they also said, yeah, because they upgraded him, but they also said he was day to day from yesterday. So when you're usually day to day, that means you know. So the person's like, I don't think we're seeing him tomorrow. And I'm like, it's mm, not what day to day usually means. So I was laughing today. I didn't go back on my petty and be like, oh, this is interesting. He was upgraded to questionable because people just be hopping in acting like they know when they don't know so um yeah you know i i just feel like it would be really great if they can somewhere get draymond like a couple of like because everything right now is every other night they have a game they don't have like two nights between games until that last week in march um and so i just feel like at a in a home game where it gives them some extra that's and they, they don't have really a bunch of home games again until like basically the end of the month after this one. Mm. So that's more what I'm thinking. Like, could they maybe pull off the next game without Draymond if they get Kaminga back? I don't think they're going to chance it, but I just, I am just generally worried about all the beating that Dre is taking. And I, it would be nice to get him like some rest somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think they can. Well, they can beat Phoenix without him, but it would just be very, very, very difficult, especially with the depleted wing core. So, I think they just got to get that rest at the end of the at the end of the season. Yeah, he's banged up pretty bad though. But I mean, like I said, shout out to him for coming back and, and playing through it and. You know, that, you know, he like there was a statement he made saying like, we don't have the ability right now. And I think I quoted it like to rest or something. I'm like, I never really had it. And that's always my problem with the way Kerr coaches in the season. He takes these breaks at the beginning. And then like, I just feel like this happens every year that you should learn to stop at the beginning of the season when everyone's healthy and good play them. Build up because we see how much the comfort, the cushion did for them last year when they had it, you know, and that's also how I felt about the the 2021 season. It's like you just you, you just like gave games away. And I feel like it's a very arrogant thing. Always like we have more time we have, you know, and look, look at now how things are, you know. You're battling to stay out of the play-in. Yes, you you do have a chance of being like still a fourth seed, even though it's a pretty slimmer chance, but you still have a chance of four or five or six, but you also have a chance of dropping, you know, to the play-in. And, and a lot of that, there were games that y'all just punted that didn't need to be punted. So even when you think about, you know, and then we'll move on to those other guys, but even when you think about like the play last night where – um Dre shot the three at the end. And I mean, some people are like questioning, was it even really called for that? But um, I just think that, and, you know, he made a comment like Kerr was like, I trust Draymond always at the end of the game. Okay. Just like, no, you don't like what, like what, why are we lying like this? And right. like, I'm I, because of who Kerr is, 
and I don't think people know him the way we do, he is the kind of person to get cute like that. I mean, there's so many times with these plays when they need to try to get a play that he uses stuff as a decoy. It's a regular thing for him. So it's it's not out of the realm that he would be like, yeah, Draymond, you take the shot. And it's just like, okay, thankfully they won the game. But if you really did, you really did draw that up for Dre to take it, it's like now they're just playing five extra minutes when they don't need to be playing extra time. Like Steph was so out of breath at the end of that game. Dre is banged up. Like play to get the win. That's why when you taking him out for that minute, whatever it was, why at this point in the season, Justin, are we not playing to get the win still? I don't understand this man. I don't understand him, Justin. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, sometimes – I think he tries to galaxy brain it a little bit too much. I think that's literally what it boils down to. He's trying to outsmart himself in some instance. Like, oh, let me just get Steph a quick breather to bring him back in. And it's like, well, in that quick breather, the Warriors could have went down, you know, five points, you know, more than they would have if he just stayed in. Or like, let me have Steph take the ball out. They won't ever see this coming. It's like, come on, bro. Just set a set a double screen for him to come off, you know, and then just have him get a nice little – kind of heave at the rim and see what see what happens but um i mean it, it did look like that play was for Steph to just like backdoor drew and it was open it, it at least it looked like it maybe drew made it, it look like it was open, whether but... he could have gotten the pass there in time probably could have right that was but... probably could have especially with steph's release but it was it was just too risky of a play to try i think um and, and at least up, also but... have the potential for Steph to try and draw the foul. I know he doesn't get them a lot, but you at least have the potential if you don't have him like inbounding like that. It just yeah. I... yeah. If you wanted to do anything cute like that, didn't have Clay take it out. Exactly. You know, like if worst case scenario, you just pass it back to Clay. That's a pretty. I live with Clay taking a game. Exactly. Well. Clay is the only other person outside of Steph I want taking a shot at the end. Right. Exactly. So, other anyway. than Iguodala, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want Iguodala. <laughs> oh gosh, Max is a clown. Okay, so shout out to the to all the great performances last night. Shout out to all the great performances. But let's 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 move on, Justin. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. For all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. So our boy Poole, and I'm saying our because I think you and I still like Jordan Poole, but he is taking quite the shellacking from the fan base. Um, And I'm not saying that some of it isn't deserved in terms of the valid criticism, but I think that... um, First of all, there's something that I don't like. All of this, um, 
I just feel like a lot of this questioning of his IQ has undertones for me that I don't that I don't like. So I just need people to stop doing it. Like he's a younger player. And sometimes younger players take longer to get things, right? Like everyone has to develop, right? And so um I don't know. I just don't like um I'm never really comfortable like with the whole low IQ. And I'm not saying that I don't ever say things like, you know, I always say the Minnesota Timberwolves last year when they played the the Grizzlies, like they just were playing low IQ basketball, like as a team collectively. Right. But in general, I try to stay away from like the IQ conversation with players and stuff like that. And I just sort of have a visceral reaction when I'm always hearing people talk about like players IQ. So for one, like, I just don't like that talk as it is around Jordan, you know, that being said, um, we've talked about it many times over and over on this show that Jordan's being asked to do a lot. He doesn't really have like a set role on this team. And that's been basically the last couple of years because we've had all Clay's been out. Steph has been out. Um, you know, then you're integrating, you know, James Wiseman or, you know, whatever. He's been in the starting lineup. He's been in the second unit. He's been asked to be more of a facilitator. He's been asked to play like Steph when that's not really his natural game. He's been asked to do a lot. And so I feel like there's just still a level of grace that I'm going to afford Jordan because he hasn't put it all together because when you don't exactly know what your role is on a given night to night basis on a team, it's hard to master that role. Right. I mean, I, I give him the ultimate grace just considering all the things that you said already. I mean, he literally got punched by his teammate at the beginning of the season. Um, and he's still super young. And we, we talk about all the time how development and growth is not linear. Like it could happen out of nowhere you know, there could be there's peaks and valleys to everybody's journey in the NBA, especially a young guard, a young lead guard who has been yo-yoed around as much as he has. And we've watched how high his peaks can be. We watched him literally turn into a Steph variant at the end of the season last year. And then at various moments in the playoffs, he led the team to scoring. He was putting up 30 balls in the playoffs, winning them games, um, you know, against good teams on the road, like tough, just tough, tough stuff um and then overall his numbers in the playoffs last year were some of the best by somebody his age in the history of the nba so you gotta you gotta live with some of the stuff that he does um when you think long term what he can mean for this team and going forward and there's obviously some questions about like next year you know will he continue to come off the bench making as much money as he does and given that steph and clay are still in their primes, like how, what does that really mean for Jordan? I think the initial thought process was um, one of Steph or Clay or both were going to decline a little bit more rapidly than they have. So Jordan was, well, I don't think it was Steph. Steph was never coming off the Not bench. So. Yeah. It was right, even right. It, it, it just, Stefan's never going to be the one. So it, it was sure. in the background. It was Clay. We all know that, but Jordan seems to have taken like a step back and Clay seems to be looking <laughs> right better than he was more before. Like Clay. Yes. Yes. Right. 
Right. So that, that definitely makes it a little interesting, but at the same time, you got to think about what made Jordan or what helped Jordan be successful last year. And has that been replicated this year? I don't think so. Um, there's just been a lot more instability around him this season, including his role, um, the roster coaching and how they approach every game leadership and how Draymond has had to take a step back as far as how hands-on he is because he was literally too hands-on early in the season. Um, and, and teams just, are guarding him differently. They're, they're, I mean, they, they plan for him now. <laughs> exactly. He's on a, he's on the scouting report in a major way. Now um, we saw last game, Javon Carter's on Steph and drew holidays on, on Jordan Poole for, for stretches at a time. It's like, he's, he's getting scouted heavy. So you got to understand that this may be one of those development years for him where he, he, he gets punched in the mouth. I mean, not, no pun intended. He gets, you know, teams are really throwing their best their best at him, and he has to figure it out over the course of the year and then really internalize it over the summer and come back better the next season. Um, so that's just – you got to live with that with that result. But the people who are trying to throw him under the bus and say, oh, we need to trade him. And he needs to start his contract. It's ridiculous. Like, he's like – the contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Like, exactly. he can literally be way better than this next year and then outplay the contract <laughs> for really. Um yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, he's not a second-year player, but they. this is why we talk about sophomore slumps and things like that. Like, players can look really good one year, and then even the greats have years where, like, they just, like, they have a really good year the year before, and then the next year. Steph had a big shooting slump last year, right? The worst in his career. So it's like, to me, and I get that Steph has done much more in his career, so... But look at, remember how people were last year? He's in decline and da 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 da. Mm -hmm. You were like, yeah, no. I was like, yeah, no. I mean, none of us just believed it um, or accepted it. I remember talking with our friend Jeremiah about this, and I'm just like, I need to see more than just, even if he's like this the rest of the full season, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I needed to see more than one season to determine that Stephen Clary was in decline. I also don't see decline just happen like that, where like you start off hot and you're great, and then it just stops. It's like it just right. it didn't it didn't make sense gradually. to me, right? Right. And so and an injury, right? And so I get I get that Steph has done more and proven more, and even he doesn't always get the benefit of the doubt that he should. But y'all literally just watch Jordan help us win. That's not like fake talk. He helped us win. He was needed. And Jordan is still needed. Jordan is part of the reason this team was able to maintain a 500, slightly above 500 record with Steph out. It was Clay too. Shout out to Clay, but it was Jordan as well. And I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. I think it's nasty. I think it's corny. I think it's ridiculous. Um, it doesn't seem that Jordan lets us affect him, you know, cause he gets out there the next day and still does, you know, silly stuff sometimes, or he's laughing and he's joking, but I just feel like he's owed a little bit more grace and, and love from this fan base because he's literally helped them win a champ, win a championship, you know? For sure. Yeah. And I mean, like there, there, there are some criticisms that are completely valid, right? Defensively, he needs to be better. He needs yeah, to do, sure. you know, the, the little things that when you aren't asked to be, right. When you, when you aren't asked to be 
first or second option, Steph and Clay, you need to, okay, I need to affect the game in other ways, rebounding, passing, doing the little things. Um, and he needs to do that better for sure. But sometimes shots are not going to fall, whatever the case may be. It, it is what it is. So I think people go a little bit overboard with the stuff. And it was, I mean, it's the same thing. Like if Andrew comes back at some point and he looks rusty, people are going to be killing him about it. You know, that's just how sports at this point kind of works, but it's, it is a little annoying. Don't even get me started. I mean, Andrew Wiggins delayed the birth of his child to play a basketball game. Like, and this is the first year ever in his career he's ever missed this many games. Like, this is not a common practice for him. With all due right. respect, he's not Kyrie Irving. So I just, you know, <laughs> sorry for the straight of Kai, but it's like, what are we doing? You know, like, and again, like you said, this is only a thing. You've said this before because of the team's position, right? That's what this is. But the 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 entitlement that people feel that they should know what's happening. If the team knows, they're the only ones who needs to know. And like, I don't understand people like, well, we just need more communication. What more communication do you need? They said they're giving him time and space and he's dealing with something personal that's bigger than basketball. That's it. Well, if we just had a sense of the timeline, Maybe they don't have a sense of the timeline, or maybe they do. That could be possible. Sometimes when things happen, you don't have a sense of the timeline. Did anyone ever think of that? But I just don't understand why people think they're entitled to know this. You don't actually care about his well-being. You only care about your fandom and how it affects you. That's what this is about. And it dehumanizes Andrew, like we often do, dehumanize athletes and treat them like their property. I mean, I've been really quite appalled. By some of the takes. Like, who do y'all think y'all are? Y'all not That's entitled to know anything about these men's lives. That's something that we do way too much in sports, I think, as fans. we The only access to that we have to these human beings is the fact that they are athletes for the teams that we, that we watch. So we think of them only as your Andrew Wiggins, the player for the Golden State Warriors. Not Andrew Wiggins, the person who happens to be an NBA player playing for the Golden State Warriors, right? He has... This is only one aspect of his life. It's a big aspect is his occupation, his job. Um, and it's, you know, got him a lot of money, but it's not who he is. It's what he does, right? So you got to take into account that there's so many more factors, you know, in a person's life, you know, as a person, myself and anybody out here, like your job is your job, right? But if something personal goes on, you know that you might have to step away from from work for a little bit and, you know, life happens to all these people just because they're celebrities, just because they're in the NBA doesn't mean that horrible life things can't happen to them. Um, so you just I think we just got to have a little bit more compassion or empathy, empathy for people, regardless of what their status is, regardless what they do for a living and regardless of how bad you want the Warriors to win another championship. Like it, it it's going to be OK if they don't. And let you know what I mean? Like just make sure that he's he's good, like good. in a good place. And 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 it's um <laughs> it, there's no right or wrong way to handle this. And I think that's what people need to realize. Cause I saw people talking about like, well, Drew Holiday, when he took off time to deal with his wife and take care of her, you know, there was more communication around it. Well, that's the way that they chose to handle it. 
that's the way that they chose to handle it. She was also a professional or is also a professional athlete. And so <laughs> those communications mm-hmm. maybe were going to happen anyway because she was also a figure in herself, right? Um, right. Didn't um, Kyle, Low- Kyle Lowry take a whole bunch of time from the Heat or whatever team that was? I think it was when he was on the Heat. Like he was just away. And we didn't know what he was away for to deal with something, you know, things happen. And um, I just don't know why people think they're entitled to know these things. And so whatever, I'm going to just continue to hope and pray that everything is okay, no matter what it is. And, you know, Andrew's important. And I, I don't candidly know that they can win a championship without Andrew, it would be a lot harder, but um, we cross that bridge when we get to it. But what I do know is we have Stephen Curry, we have Clay, and if Clay is playing like this Clay, you know, like plus we Dre, they're pretty hard to beat. They're pretty hard to beat, you yeah. know. And I'm hoping over this last month that Kaminga starts to get some more playing time to get him ready because he is who should be leaned on more throughout the rest of the season and the postseason, not the one who shall not be named. It should be Jonathan Kaminga. This is a perfect opportunity for him, you know, because they don't have any wings. You know, Wiggins is out, Gary's out. So that's, that's 25 minutes a game, or at least it should be 25 minutes a game right there for Jonathan Kaminga. And it could be a situation like Jordan last year at the end of the year where he takes it and runs with it, and it just kind of like speeds up his development because of the seriousness of the situation. Um, causes like a you know laser sharp focus, and it can just kind of speed up his development a little bit. But that would be you know best case scenario for him. For sure. Well, they have the Suns coming into town. The Katie less Suns. It's like an omen. Katie cannot come back and play at Oracle. I mean, at Oracle at Chase. He has a- right. <laughs> it's so bizarre crazy that is, every time you think that. he's gonna come to do it something happens there's an injury it's it's very crazy but um and that it's crazy he got injured in warm-ups Kaminga did too thankfully his injury is not as serious as KD's but that's crazy I mean it was a really really bad sprain and I I mean I feel like the Suns have actually a lot to be worried about because like even if he's back for the playoffs like, Katie's never been someone who needs a lot of time from injury to sort of look good. But come a great two sprain is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more. I think he'll be fine. Ultimately, like, obviously, an ankle sprain isn't a career ender. But, like, from a team standpoint, they have even less time now to integrate somebody who is as good and has, has is as high usage as Kevin Durant is and – that's just tough to do and try to they win think a championship. They could miss the rest of the regular season, Justin. You're talking about bringing him back for just the playoffs or just close to it. It's not like Steph coming back to a team that knows him and has played with him. I mean, they played, what, mm-hmm. maybe three, five games together? I don't know what the number was they reached before this injury, but that's pretty – that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, he's talented enough to where they can win a series or two. <laughs> just from just throwing them out there with those guys, but it's tough. You can't, I wouldn't say they're cheating the the grind, but you can't just skip steps. I think that's just a key step. You got to build that chemistry. And I just, it, I have a hard time seeing them 
going super far in the playoffs if he's – I mean, even with him just coming at the trade deadline, they only had, what, like 20-something games? It was just going to be tough for me to imagine them being able to put it together that fast on a level that needed to win a championship. And they already have roster weaknesses and stuff as well. So I'm yeah, super interested to see how they're going to actually look when he gets back because, I mean, they were playing some weaker teams – when they first got yeah. back and they would just, they would just scoring a bunch. This is why I'm hoping that the Warriors can at least get two to three weeks of their full roster together. Ideally, you know, like obviously missing as much time as Andrew has overall for this season and even GP too, like their bodies are never going to be like in the same condition and shape as if they just played the full season, but at least right. to kind of be like, <laughs> get some more wins and you know be able to like especially because they're relied upon so much defensively and what they need to right. put out and and so you know I'm hoping that they're back and we have about two to three weeks with them but I mean we just don't know and um I know everyone keeps saying it's the kings it's the kings but I I'm just wondering when you look at all the teams do you still think the kings are the best like, if they don't have a home court, like, if they can't find a way to get four, and four is actually really in play. Like, I'm not saying that when I say, because now with KD going down, we saw the Suns just lose a game. You know, it's not going to be as hard for them to win those games now just off the back of Booker, you know? So they could drop a couple of games. Obviously, the Warriors have to win games, but they could drop a couple of games and the Clippers are ahead of the Warriors right now, but we have the same number of L's in the loss column. So that next game we play against the Clippers is going to be really big because it could end up like if we win it, we'd own the tiebreaker and we don't own the tiebreaker with Phoenix. Right. So it's going to just be crazy down to the end. Um, but the Warriors could get four, they could get five or six. So four would ensure that they have a home court series, but if they don't get four and have a home court series, is it still your opinion that the Sun, not the Suns, that the the Kings would be the best first team for them to play in terms of them trying to kind of get themselves together and ramp up? You know, like if they if they need a series to kind of ramp up, who's the best opponent for that? Uh, I think at this point it might be Memphis, to be honest. Even though really? Memphis is always a, it's always a dogfight with those dudes, but I think they're just in such a weird spot right now that. Um, and the Kings are kind of rolling that it could be a little bit in their favor to see Memphis really. It's, and especially it's kind of like, a, all right, we here in the playoffs now, like, you know, Memphis is a little bit weaker than last year. I think, especially with the jog stuff going on, no Brandon Clark, who knows what's going on with Steven Adams. Um, I think it'll really fire them up and they'll be able to get them, you know, get them early. And then you'll see Sacramento in the second round, potentially if they get past whoever they see at seven. But, I mean, I guess it's a toss-up between Sacramento and Memphis. I think those two teams, neither of those teams want to see Golden State in the first round. Or maybe Memphis does, but that's because they just – Are delusional. They, they, they're delusional, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that would assume, like, if Golden State's, like, at six. Because whoever's at two, we're, we're not expecting Golden State to drop to seventh. So – you know, because if someone's at five, then they're seeing whoever's at four. And you could really have a case where, like, the Warriors are seeing the Suns in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's the team out of those three you want to see the least. But it's also a team that I 
fairly confident Golden State would beat, just given the circumstances. Uh, so yeah, I just think it would be a little a little less mentally taxing to play against a team like Memphis in Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to still go Kings, not because I'm underestimating them, but because two reasons. One, I mean, they just they don't defend. (laughs) They just don't defend. Um, But secondly, it's the least amount of travel. It's going up the street. It's Mm -hmm. almost like a home game for the Warriors. (laughs) There will definitely be. And I get it. This will be the first playoffs for Sacramento in years. So their fans are going to be hyping in the building. They do actually have like a. Strong fan base, though not strong enough to vote their guys in for All Star, but we know we know Warriors people are going to overtake that building or be in there. So it just to me is the closest thing you're going to get to a home simulation type of feel if you don't like win any home court series. And I just feel less travel. You're not having to fly to Memphis and you know all of that. True. Shit. So I just feel like. That's probably the best. I don't love it because Mike Brown needs to be a co-chair, and I just feel like he'll know the team in a different way that others wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, I guess playing devil, devil's advocate for Memphis is like if we get to the playoffs and Wiggins is still kind of rusty, if he comes back, Gary is still kind of rusty. Um, Memphis doesn't have the offense that Sacramento has to really put pressure on those guys and it'll, it will allow them to get into a better rhythm defensively before they play a better offensive team in the second round. Okay. Where Sacramento, Sacramento has so much offense that it's going to be kind of like throwing all of our wings in the fire, regardless of how in shape they are. It's like, yo, Wiggins, you got to stop De'Aaron Fox. Like, right. You know, that's, that's just a tough, tough ask. But like you said, for those reasons that you said, Either one is good, I think. I think they're I think they both have pros and cons, is what you're saying. Right. Right. Okay. I think the pros well, heavily saying- outweigh the cons, though. For both for both matchups, the pros heavily outweigh the cons. Either way. Yeah, I think I'm just actually really hoping that they can get to fourth, you know, but that really does require the Warriors to start winning. Um, Steph said they're gonna figure it out. I believe Steph when he tells me things. So he hasn't lost no after they lost the play, and he said, No, yeah, y'all not gonna want to see us next year. He was right. He said years and years ago, no matter how long it takes, whatever it is, they're gonna figure it out. And he did. So I do think they're gonna start winning at some point. I just every time I think, okay, is it gonna start happening here? It doesn't happen. So it has to happen. Like I know that they don't want to fall to the play in. So Mm-hmm. it's now or never so with that hopefully you know they got one more game at home let's get that w and then let's let's see what happens i mean these teams that are that they're kind of vying with right now what are their schedules looking like the ones that are remaining there's mavs i guess in theory the lakers are creeping up what do you think about them they got a deep team now they got a lot of guys with different skill sets. They got a lot of size on the wings. They got Anthony Davis, who's playing out of his mind. Um, so they're 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 a good team. I'll give it to them. They are a good team. Now I thought it would be kind of like a. I thought they were a little bit too far behind to catch up, but team started losing. Team started tanking a little bit, 
So it allowed them to kind of make a push, especially without LeBron. This is a big push for them. So I think the if the Knicks can pull off the upset tonight in LA, they've been playing good basketball lately. The Knicks, yeah, but they've I think they should be trying to win this game because they just lost to um Sacramento and to the Clippers. So right, like no, that's what I'm saying. Trip. So that's something. Let's hope the Knicks can pull off the upset. Plus, you know, Julius Randle versus old team. Hopefully, he'll want to make a point. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Knicks should be hungry for a win. Hopefully, they can get one. But I guess looking at the other teams, because Lakers after I mean, that they got Pelicans. Them at Pelicans. We know the Pelicans right now are like struggling. Then you have Lakers at Rockets. And then you have Mavericks at Lakers, and I don't know if Luca or Kai will be back for that game. So they got like some magic is on their schedule. I mean, they don't have many real opponents. The Suns, Thunder. So they have an easy schedule. That's the that's yeah. the annoying part. Yeah, they have a clear path to climbing up more. Um yeah. And, and and working themselves into possibly that sixth spot, you know, which they weren't a team that I was factoring in before. I was saying that it would be four teams vying for four through six, but it's really maybe going to be five. I was saying that it would be like Warriors, Suns, Mavs, and Clippers. But now you add Lakers into that. That's five teams vying for three Minnesota. spots. Minnesota's right there, too. And I, I mean, don't they're not. Should I believe in them? I mean, they right there. They right there. I don't think they're better than any of those other teams, but they they don't have to be that much better. They just got to stick around, which, I mean, they've been sticking around so far. So so six teams vying for three spots. Woo! But the Warriors may have one of the hardest schedules. It's just hard because they're all on the road and we haven't they haven't been good. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota's schedule is kind of difficult too. But we'll see. Mm, Okay. I mean, health health could also determine a lot of this. Yeah, for sure. Mikel Bridges is an upcoming star now. (laughs) Did they find something Uh, in Brooklyn? Or is this just him being new and teams going to have to start game planning for him differently? I mean, they're planning for him now because he's the star, but he's also, you know. What is it? Tell yeah, me. They'll be in a they'll be in a lottery if he's a star. They'll You're not buying the Mikel. You're not buying it. No. Nah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. We we got into a lot, but I feel like I feel like it's been a while since we've talked to you guys and um we didn't, I think we didn't cover the last game, which was my fault. I didn't have a hot date like Justin, but work be kicking my ass. And so, um, yeah. And then, you know, we didn't get to record last night after the game. So um, while our, our temperature may have been tempered a little bit, it's definitely vibes over here. We're feeling just as high as all of you off of last night's game. And we're hoping this is the time for real that they actually capitalize on it, bottle it up, and take it with them on the road after they hopefully beat the Suns <laughs> in the next game. Right, Justin? Right. Exactly. Who's Quick vibe check game? before we go. Where we at? What number? I mean, Steph has a unique way of 
you know, pushing the vibes up to 10, but still given the circumstances, we're going to go back down to like an eight and a half. Anyway, now eight and a half. <laughs> it's like a drug though right it's like he actually really does get you high like Steph has a way of like I could be pissed and he uplifts my whole fucking mood yo like that ass that's why so many people that's why he's a lot of people's favorite player you know that's just I mean it it's incredible what a remarkable quality what a remarkable quality definitely one of the all time greats We'll never see anything like him again. So uh, stop and appreciate him. Now I sound like the LeBron fan. So let me end there. Um, listen, guys, uh, I'm just seeing a Shams tweet. The Knicks are waving center Moses Brown. Um, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, y'all. It is Golden Spaces. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Thank you. I've seen some recent reviews. I appreciate it. Please send more of them. Give us some ratings, five stars. You can rate on Apple Podcasts and you can rate on Spotify. Also, follow, follow 95.7 The Games YouTube channel. You can find our shows under there. So if you want to watch the video and not listen, but watch us and watch the whole show, you can do it there. So subscribe so you'll be alerted every time one of our new episodes pop up. Okay? Justin, any final words for the people? Um, nah. Just All right, keep, keep rocking with us. <laughs> Let's get this W. Until next time, guys. Take care.